You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Hey, it's Alexander England from Stan Original Series Court. How are you, Anita? And we've met before. We have at the Logies on the red carpet. I don't know if you remember this, but I asked you all um, what your favourite shows were and Eric Thompson told me Below Deck and I nearly died. That was a huge revelation. That was a scoop. I remember Eric revealing his hand in that way. You guys were all like real dramas and he was like Below Deck and I was like, see, I love you. (laughs) He's He's just one of us. He's just a lovely... Normal guy who loves to chill out and watch Below Deck. Don't you? Do you not watch Below Deck? I I I don't watch Below Deck. No. Okay, well, you know how we were having that that friendship relationship. It's over. So. It's over now. It's yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, although I do, I I really understand the space for reality TV as a safe. You know when you kind of get to know the characters and it feels like they are your friends. Like the best drama can do. I understand yeah. the, the appeal of, of reality, um, being able to hang out with, with people you know and, and get in on that, on that energy is really relaxing. And I, and I completely understand for a lot of people that's the best way to just chill out and tune out is to um, chuck on some reality and, and relax. I'm a little bit hurt that you think we're not friends with these people, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you might, you may well be. I, I actually am. That, yeah, is, yeah. that is a very good point. I actually am. Um, so that is a whole other thing. But anyway, we're not here to talk right. about that. But I, would, I mean, I could. We could just talk about this all day if you wanted to. But I'm sure that you have so much better things to do. We are obviously here to talk about court. Yes. Can I just preface? Please. By saying I've seen three episodes, this show is batshit crazy. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. It's wild. It's actually wild. And I'm allowed to say batshit crazy because there is a not safe for work trailer. I just sounded like such a boomer, not safe for work. <laughs> NSFW. But for anyone who hasn't seen it and at the time of recording, no one has seen it. Mm. Give us the elevator pitch. Wow. You'd think I'd be good at that by now. Uh, the elevator pitch for court is for people associated with the Australian Defence Force in some capacity. It's a bit mysterious. Um, to the island nation of Bahati Prinsloo, somewhere in Southeast Asia, very unclear where... Um, and during this uh, mission, they are captured by uh, forces in opposition to the government and have to um, try to survive, basically, in this um, slightly militant environment. And as you said, things get batshit crazy <laughs> because so- the four, those four boys are idiots, are <laughs> uh, just complete and utter idiots, and things just devolve into chaos. And that's where we invite the audience in to um to watch along. They are idiots. Um, <laughs> in fact, your character, which I want to talk about, mm. seems like an idiot, but isn't an idiot. It's kind of confusing. Mm. 
He's, yeah, look, my character is um, really interesting, I think, because he's, he's very sensitive and he's trying to do all of the right things, but he just gets it. He just gets it wrong. And that's a, that's a mix of naivety, but also there's something deeper going on, a kind of a um, cognitive dissonance um, between his sort of, his, what he thought was his reality and now this version of, of the character that, that you will follow during court. And you get a little flashback in episode four as to what sort of sent him spiraling. Um, you get much more Phil choice. So throughout the series, the episodes sort of focus on different characters and um, my character is, is uh, episode four. But yeah, you're, you're looking at a guy just trying to always be on the right side of everything and constantly on the wrong side of everything. And that's kind of, um, you know, yeah, it's a comment on uh, more generally, you know, that this ally space, um, this white savior space, trying to be um, for the thing and in doing so being very clumsy and stepping all over um, the actual issues. That is the joy of Phil Choi. Your character, can you explain how he ties in without giving any of your backstory away? Yes, he's he's an expert in um, well the missions in in somewhere in Southeast Asia and and Phil Choi is, a, is an Asian's Asian communications expert, um, so he's been brought in for his skill set. But really, we also learned that these guys are they're not the A team, you know they're they're not they're not the top team sending on things. They're not the B team. They're really somewhere way 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 down the bottom like yz yz probably and and it becomes apparent that that's because they're expendable um they the australian um forces are very happy to kind of forget about forget about these guys once they've achieved their their goal um so yeah he's i mean the four guys it's kind of deliberately vague. We didn't want to get caught up in how things would work or what, you know, how, what actual military protocol is. They're, it's meant to be four knockabout idiots who are friends more than anything. There's like a, there's a chemistry between the four guys um, that, that is what the show kind of lives and dies on really um, that, are, that are sent into this space. And pretty quickly, yeah, who, <laughs> it becomes about, what can this individual add to the situation in trying to in trying to escape um, from this place where they've been caught? And uh, Phil Choi's um, expertise is is sort of vague and sort of everywhere, and leans more towards the philosophical, to be honest. And I, I really wanted to get into with the character just this space of like like wellness gurus or like Instagram um, philosophers who sort of say things um that maybe that sound kind of um like they're in the right ballpark and if you just interrogate it a little longer make not a whole lot of sense at all um that's the space we were really living in with phil uh, a sort of a pilgrim searching for identity that was uh the driving force i wanted for this character um yeah that is so funny that you like because none of it makes sense. Like what the more, the more you watch it, like none of it makes sense. Yeah. But one thing that um you did say was the chemistry between the four of you. So we've got Lincoln Eunice, Ben O'Toole, and Kit Gurry, Jacob Coot for life. Um <laughs> looking for Ali Brandy, of course. The 
But <laughs> you guys have the most insane chemistry. You all bounce off each other. I can imagine that set. I, actually, I don't even want to know. No, I do. I really want to know. But that <laughs> set must have been madness because you guys get yourself into some precarious positions, shall we say. Very precarious, yes. <laughs> um, look, the... the the show was sort of conceived. So, so Link and Benny and myself all went and lived with Kick in LA. Did you know that we'd all lived together? No. Yeah. Oh we, God. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we've all got the same agent, right? In Australia. And so we would do trips to LA to kind of get things cooking over there. And Kick has a, has a place in LA. So we would all go and stay at his house and it has multiple, you know, it's got four bedrooms. So, at different points, the four of us have lived together for months at a time. And we just go on adventures around LA and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and really have a, have a great uh, time together. And it was sort of from some silly conversations in that house in LA, you know, we joke about how ridiculous this would be or that would be. And um, during COVID, Kick really sat down by himself and, and wrote it all down and structured this, these silly ideas into a much broader narrative. And from there, that was where the spirit of the show was born. So we shot a, like a, a teaser for the show, a, a scene years ago, I think it was 2019, maybe just off, off kick, kick wanted to get it going. And he said, Hey, come and shoot this thing. And we spent a day shooting that scene where we were in very compromising positions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I can't. I messaged Lincoln when I saw that trailer and I was like, I don't know if I ever want to see that again. I don't, I'm yeah. just not, not 100% sure. That yeah, was. There's definitely, for those at home, there is a scene where we're all, we're all naked in a pit. Horrendously naked. And, and we're right up in each other's gear. Um, but so, so the whole thing has been driven by what makes, what makes us laugh, really. And, and so that chemistry has just been, um, is just for four mates. So when you talk about going to set, when this all started to actually happen and, you know, it was a really beautiful experience because part of this show was watching a friend's dreams come true. Kick wanted to be a writer and a director and he had that opportunity and we were watching, watching it happen in, in real time. And it was such a special and amazing gift, um, to be able to actually do this crazy thing. Um, but then in terms of being on set, like I always, I've always said that what part of what really, um, part of what I find fulfilling about acting is the social side, as much as the job is, you know, fun and presents different challenges and all that kind of thing. The social side is always so much fun. You meet a bunch of new people who are really inspired and, and basically happy to be working. Um, not just actors, but crew, everybody's there to achieve this goal. It's hard, you know, like it's a difficult and slightly stressful environment. So people lean on each other and you form these relationships really quickly and you have a great time. So I always have fun when I'm working. I underestimated how much fun I would have <laughs> working with some really, really good friends um, every day. I mean, it didn't feel like work. It really didn't. It felt like just hanging out and, and, and because of the closeness of our relationships, we were all able to contribute to that creative process in a very open way. We could all talk about, you know, what we would 
how could we make this scene funny? What can we do? And as a result, it's, it's a show that's just got a very particular sense of humor. And we always knew that, you know, and part of the conceit of the show as well is that, um, I guess there's two schools when you're approaching like television and that's to either try to make a show for everybody and that somehow can encompass um, all of the tastes, you know, that might be more of a Disney model of like, how can we have everybody happy in this setting? Mm. Or you can make a show with a really singular vision, basically with, with uh, you know, something that's specific. And in this instance, the show, the most specific aspect of the show is the sense of humor and either people will love it or it won't be for them. And that's, that's totally my we are okay in case, and uh, the result is something that we, <laughs> we hope other people do too. And uh, yeah, we're ex- really excited for people to see it. I did find it hilarious. I mean, there were times when I was like, "What am I watching?" Which is, I think, is a great response. Can yeah. I? That's a very positive response. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a really it's it is hilarious. But I just. All I can, from that story, all I can think of is that you guys literally made this for yourselves. Like, and I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and by the way, not only did you make it for yourselves, but you had some of the biggest stars in the world, US stars, because you guys are huge stars as well, but you had some of the biggest US stars in your passion project. Like, it's just insane yeah. to me. Well, you're right. It is. It's crazy. And there's no reason there should be some of those names in this little you know show that was it is it's crazy and 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 i think that's just testament to basically to kick and his his passion but also as you just said the fact that it's unlike anything anyone's seen before and that's really exciting it's really exciting to look at a script and go i just don't know what what the heck this is (laughs) what's what is this doing and what and what are the kind of risks it's taking you know we we do Certainly part of the show is a response to um, the current culture of, you know, episode four is called cancelled. Like it's a response to the fact that um, things are extremely sanitized um, these days often. And, uh, and it boldly wanted to just sort of step into some of those spaces, not ignorantly, deliberately. Mm. And, and, and stray into territory that's kind of like shocking. Um, because that's often where humor lies is in the, is in the shock factor. And that's part of, part of the conceit of court. And I do want to talk about the dichotomy of the light and shade, because there is that, obviously that humor that we keep banging on about, but there's also the darkness underneath. The undertones are actually quite dark. Mm. When I say dark, they're a bit sad. And I don't know what your storyline is yet. And I was going to ask you if we are going to see your backstory and you've already answered that. But, you know, in the first three episodes, there are some under backstories that are pretty sad. I mean, what was the kind of the decision behind that? Yeah, I think the, I think um, basically we wanted it to be that the characters um, are idiots but we wanted the tone to be able to stray stray between like serious sort of dr- dramatic scenes and heavy themes. And then in the next, and kind of, yeah, we wanted the audience to be watching and going like, I'm actually feeling things here. This is like, 
what's, what's going on? I'm actually feeling a bit emotionally invested. And then the next scene, something just absurd happens and you go, oh, here we are. We're back in this mad land. We wanted it to stray between both. And we wanted, I mean, part of that, part of the fun of that just as an actor is um, it's they're, they're different kind of acting challenges to be able to play. We wanted to kind of play for reality, right? So there's these guys are in, cra- in a crazy situation, but they're responding genuinely. So if that situation is a sad one, they're, they're right there emotionally. And if it's ridiculous, they're right there emotionally as well, but it's so, it's a, it's a ridiculous setting. Um, so the, the dance was to get people invested and to, that's part of that is, is reminding the audience that the show is about the real world. It's not a, it's an absurd space, but it's a commentary on the real world now, and particularly on the idea of fame and sort of media and this idea that um, things only have value if, if lots and lots of other people can, can see it. That's, that's kind of the core of it. I mean, and I don't want to give too much away, but when Lincoln's character <laughs> talks about OnlyFans, like you're just sitting there and just going, the worst thing is that is so true. It's true. We didn't want it to be so crazy that that these soldiers could see this, what's clearly a horrific situation, and in the real world is just a wildly traumatic area you would never go to. We wanted it. We wanted to highlight the fact that, yeah, now people are looking for ways to use um, a scenario to kind of better their situation and in this day exposure. So is it so crazy that, you know, that someone could be in a, in a truly horrific situation and be thinking about the book deal afterwards? Um, <laughs> we're sort of suggesting, no, that's, that could be very real world, you know. Probably, I mean, if you're in a horrific situation, you're thinking of other things to get out of there, aren't you? Like, you've got to be. I'm sure people are. They're like, how can I uh, get my Instagram following up? But no, exactly. truly, you'd be escaping. It's an escape exactly. for them. Exactly. And so we've, we've, we're just taking it much, much further. And in our show, um, <laughs> to the point of not even really wanting to get out of that horrific situation, wanting to stay in it. And of course, the whole thing changes. The relationship with the captors changes. Um, the, the, what that space is of the camp um, shifts dramatically from a very hostile environment to more of a conversation between different people about what they want. We wanted it to keep evolving so that the audience, um, yeah, really, really the, the captors are brought in. And that's, of course, Mel and Dorian and, and Faisal most specifically. Um, we wanted them, we wanted to set people up as, as aggressors or, or, you know, um, opposing the boys and bring them into the fold and sort of show that everybody's um, much the same. I actually really like the fact there's a conversation between you and Mel talking about the freedom fighters, like saying they're not terrorists, but they're freedom fighters. And I loved that you kind of humanize. Obviously, I do not condone terrorism. <laughs> Anita is cancelled. But yeah. it's it's true. It, it's really about humanizing people and the motives behind they do what they do. And I thought that was so clever. Yeah, look, that's a, I mean, it's kind of a classic, but who, you know, it, it, uh, are you a freedom fighter or, or, or a terrorist is, is a matter of perspective Perception, and, and yeah. a matter of what the broader, you know, who, who kind of um, writes the broader narrative. And, uh, and so, yeah, we touch on that a little bit. And, there's, and Mel does, a, you know, there's a beautiful um, scene where Mel really pours her heart out as this character, Shami, and says, how dare you come here and 
call me these names after all that's happened here by these from these kind of western powers coming into this smaller place and getting what they want out of it and and forgetting about the people yeah. It's amazing that a show with so much nudity can be so deep. <laughs> yes, yeah. Can we just talk about um, the fact that you guys worked with Matthew Fox from Party of Five? Mm. <laughs> that is the conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Matthew Fox, Nicholas Hammond from The Sound of Music. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sean Penn, Susan Sarandon, Brian Brown, obviously your best mate, Eric Thompson. Like this is this outer cast, apart from you guys being that core cast, I mean, it's just insane. Like how did this come about? I, look, that's um, – Kick's been in LA for 20 years now. He's, he's kind of uh, – after Jacob Coote, pretty much I think he did maybe Garage Days and then, and then hit the road. Um, and went to try his luck in LA back in a time when no one was really doing it. it was I think he was over there and Rose Byrne and Heath Ledger and you know the Aussie guys were just trying to figure it out there was no you know scripts would get faxed and there was no google maps to help you get around um so Kick's been over there for a long time and he's worked he's done all these interesting projects and his great power is to connect with people and amuse them and and I think the this this lineup of people is testament to to his ability to um, connect with people, and uh, and get them excited. Um, Matthew Fox is an old friend of of his, <laughs> and he's so beautiful. He was he was lovely on set and so excited about the project. He always had a massive grin on his face and was down to. I mean, you know, we we asked some pretty compromising stuff of of everybody, that's part of the idea. Um, and he just went into it all with such great um, will and and humour. It was an absolute joy spending a bit of time with him. That makes uh, me so happy, though. Oh, it, it was just a delight. It, it really was. And, and Nick Hammond. And then, of course, Sean Penn. Did you just I, call Friedrich Nick Hammond? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, <laughs> did I? You just called him Nick. Oh, don't oh, do it. It is, I think, when you are somebody who, like me, who's been in love with entertainment from a child, from childhood, when you're seeing these huge names opposite people that we love and admire in Australia, obviously, it is yes. actually for us, it's like this is mind blowing. This is, this is huge. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I am gushing, but like for reasons. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's really, it's really, it's, it's wild. The beautiful thing about a set is that everyone's, is that you know how a set works. If you met some of these guys in real life, you'd be like, I don't know how, you know, how to, <laughs> what's, what's the protocol here? Do I, but on a, on a set, there's a very specific job to do. Very popular. It's okay. Oh, they're popular. I don't know how to turn that sound off. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, let it ding. It's fine. Let them ding. Let them ding. Um, so, but the beautiful thing about a set is that everyone's got a job to do and they've got lines to say and you can all get to work together. And it's a really quick way to get through get past the fact that that's that person has all this um you know all these ideas around them and they're actually just a suddenly just a cast mate and and what you're talking about is solving different issues and and getting the most out of the script and so um it was just a delight to work with yeah all these incredible all these incredible people and to have a two-time oscar winner well i think susan's one of 
one or two Oscars myself as well. But Sean, Sean there in the mix, just bringing the full weight of his, I, I mean, Mystic River is a film that I just adore. I was just thinking of Mystic River. Yeah, not just a incredible actor, but a but a director and a creative of that of that size, um, bringing his ideas to the table and and really mucking in as well um, with with the rest of us was just surreal. What were you like as a kid? Were you because I read so I went deep. Yeah, well, yeah I know yeah. that your mom, your your dad's a psychiatrist. Your mum is a artist yeah look i'm very impressed yeah 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 psychiatrist and artist yeah the thing that i saw is that you grew up on a farm you yeah. grew up in the country yeah yeah uh, well not a country country folks would take um exception to to the idea of it as a farm because we weren't really farming we were we had like 12 steer to keep the grass down rather than actually a functioning farm steer is cow horse what cow cow, cow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, I grew up in the city. I grew up in the country. Um, and yeah, people sometimes say like, how did you get into acting from that environment? And the reality is acting is not something you think about doing um, in the country. We had a great theater actually called Hot House Theater in Albury where different productions would come and do little shows. And we'd occasionally go to the theater mum would take me to see a show but at no point did i think i'd be an actor i did however spend a lot of time running around the paddocks um pretending to be different characters from movies i thought you were going to say running around the paddocks <laughs> pretending to be a cow <laughs> <laughs> well you know you emulate what's around you you know so i yeah deep, a deep study on uh on the bovine world no, I'd see, you know, I'd watch, I'd watch Lord of the Rings and then I'd, and then I'd just run around, you know, with a stick for hours. And that's a really beautiful part of, I think, of that country life is that you're not witnessed, right? Like you're not, you can fool around and be an idiot. The only time I was vulnerable was when my sister would um, be in the area and she'd see me sort of like swinging a stick around and just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you up to? Um but you have time to really for your imagination to run wild you have space to run around and just and just be a kid and i think that was a really um not that you don't necessarily get that in the city but in the city things are more confined and there's more you know it's a it's a smaller play area and and i mention all that because i think i yeah spent a lot of time in sort of imaginary worlds as a kid um in albury and then it was when i finished when i finished school i was sort of uh, floating. I didn't have a whole lot of direction, actually. And it was my parents who said, hey, why don't you try this out? And for my birthday, they got me access to, um, I'd moved to Melbourne. They bought me access to the VCA, Victorian College of the Arts, just a short course there for two nights a week. Yeah. And um, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, go on to this. I don't know if you can learn acting. I don't know if acting is a, just something people inherently have um, that thing, or if you can actually you know, learn skills or something. And that's what VCA was. It was skills-based learning. It was voice and movement and approach to text. And I did it for two nights a week and I absolutely loved it. I just loved it. And part of it was that community. Part of it was meeting other people that were, had a similar kind of um, goal and, and dreams and were excited to be doing this stuff. And I set my sights on the, on the three-year course and got into that and did that. And from there, kind of the rest is, is history. But it, yeah, it was, um, I'm so glad my folks did that, actually, because all I was doing up to then was drinking a lot of VB. 
with, with some of my very good friends <laughs> and wondering what the heck I was going to do. Uh, wow, I'm so glad that they gave you direction, but it worked out in your <laughs> It worked out. It worked out. <laughs> that was such a weird admission. Do you still drink VB? Are you going to be drinking VB at the premiere? VB was like one of those. Gross. It was Alex, just don't. Those, Gross, don't. Special time. A metallic taste. It was just a, yeah. <laughs> don't, I, just, I mean, maybe it's country yeah. living. I mean, Aubrey's not very, it's not country country. It's, it's not super country. No, it's no, no. country, but it's, it's not it's, country, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, we had a cinema, so that. You know that immediately immediately and you have a shopping center then no, you're immediately not a country town yeah. um, but one thing that um very quickly because i know you've got to go but there's something that you keep saying is like that camaraderie like with people on set and in drama and you find that community when i did musicals as a kid i always found that that was the best thing for mental health for feeling like you belong in a community, in a space, just absolutely, just you just feel seen. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. You find, yeah. Well, absolutely, and and I and a part of that, I guess, is is yeah, coming from the country. Um, lots of beautiful, you know, country people aren't a certain type, but you're more likely to be exposed to certain things or or other things, you know, steer or cinema. Um, and uh, and and part of the joy, really, of 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 that of that actor training and of the uh, period that followed was being, yeah, surrounded by people that had similar interests in that area, as you say, a community. And, and there was a real um, joy there at being able to share those ideas. And of course, another beautiful part of, of training is that anything's possible when, <laughs> when you finish, when you're in that space, anything down the road, it's just an open book of what, of what can occur. So um, the idea that, Years and years later, I'd be um, talking about a show with with some of these guys. You're talking about Sean Penn and and whatnot, and having been able, more importantly, to make a show with some of my best friends um, involved and offer that to the world is yeah, it's pretty amazing. I kind of feel so jealous now. Like I want to be part of the band. <laughs> <laughs> you're just making me feel like I just want to be part of the club. Like I want to be part of the Four Boys Club. No, it is. A, it's it's a it's a dream. You know, it's one of those things you hear about, and you're like, oh man, I'd love to do that. Like I used to hear about. Again, I'm mentioning Lord of the Rings, but those guys, you know, they all they do all do. Getting a real look into your yeah 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 psyche. Going deep, going deep. The, the facade's falling away. But I remember hearing about those guys all getting tattoos. You know, after they finished, and I was like, wow, imagine being able to be involved in something where you cared, first of all, that deeply about the project, and cared so deeply about each other that you wanted to be kind of linked together forever in that way um and uh and then um and then this opportunity came up we got to yeah got to make a thing with friends got to all contribute to the conversation and pretty much got to do whatever we liked and that's why you get this show that is so uh, you know chaos. absolute chaos. chaos it's wild yeah <laughs> wait did you guys get a tattoo we didn't get a tattoo oh yeah. you ruined it i don't want to part of the band anymore if you don't get a tattoo, you need to get one. I haven't ruled out tattoos. You know what you should do? You should all get like a C, an A, a U, G, H, T, like C, A, U, G, H, T. Yeah, well, you need six of you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people aren't going to make the cut as well. It's going to be, it's going to be very political, but yeah. Look, we could do that or we could all, we could all just get the pit scene just tattooed across our <laughs> chests, uh, you know, as a before I let you go, I do have one more question. I hope that's okay. Yeah. 
this little country kid playing with his this country kid playing with his stick in the <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> this country child playing yeah. with his stick in the paddock, mm-hmm. pretending he's in Lord of the Rings. What advice do you have for that kid getting to where you are now? Oh, I think it, I was really lucky as well that my dad was so, um, I said, dad, I really love that course. And I think I want to, you know, try to do more of it i want to pursue acting i think and dad just said look the most important thing is that you don't have any regrets down the track if you give it a hundred percent and it works amazing and if you give it a hundred percent it doesn't work well at least you know just give everything you've got to that passion keep following what you love and then uh, we'll see where you end up and that i just felt so um you know i have i do have an incredibly beautiful and supportive family but i kind of never looked back from there it was just about following the things that make you happy and and giving it 100 percent so that you know you've left nothing on the table and then you arrive at that outcome and either things are working or they're not and i've been very lucky that um yeah i've been able to be doing acting for god 14 years now or something since i since i finished drama school and you're going on the up and up. You're in everything. I feel like every time something new comes out, it's your name. So it's so great. Thank you so much for chatting. A great pleasure, Anita. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed chatting. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the Entertainment underscore Hotline Pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the Entertainment underscore Hotline Pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.